are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Coffee with Kim. I invite you to journey with me to a new day. I believe God has led you to this moment and this place because he is about to bring purpose and potential to your story. So join thousands of women and men from around the globe who have discovered how powerful their stories become once Christ touches them with his purpose. Don't you long to make this same discovery? Then grab your coffee, scoot in, and join me as we let God's Word reveal how every part of your past has been preparing you for this very moment. Have you ever felt invisible? Today's guest has. And not only invisible, but in her own words, she says that she felt she had lost all of herself. Think about that. Lost all of herself. Today, hear the emotional side of abuse and the healing path that awaits you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coffee. Conversations of Friends of Faith to Encourage and Equip. I'm Kim Crable, your host, and I am so honored and delighted that you would join us because we have today something that is going to stir your soul. And if you are one of those that are living behind the silence of a hurt, even though you may be an incredible businesswoman, you may be the best mom that ever walked this earth, if you have things in your heart today, Today, you're going to hear how healing awaits you because I know that I have certainly felt all of those things that I've just introduced to you, the invisible, lost, abandoned, forgotten. How about you? Even discarded at times. But then something happened in my life. I met a man who was able to change all that. I met a man who could take all that I wasn't and made me who I was. Not just a regular man, but the man named Jesus. And he began, took me, invited me on a journey that I began over 30 years ago. But it's a journey that I'm delighted to say that I'm still on. I'm still growing. Every day is a new day with him, a new day. It's a new day to discover the woman that God has called me to be. This is why I'm so excited. Can I tell you? Can you hear it in my voice? I'm so excited to introduce to you today our guest because I know the hurt of, of, of the pain, but we know the hope of healing. And so today I have someone else who knows exactly what I'm talking about, and her name is Sue McRae. Sue is a motivational speaker. She's an author. She serves on the board of Morningstar Sanctuary, a Christian safe place for women and children who have been abused. She also serves with me along on the advisory board of Christian Women in Media. Her hobby is oil painting. She has a husband, Dwayne, and they have three adult children and five granddaughters. Oh, what fun that must be. But she's also written a book, Becoming Visible, Letting Go of the Things That Hide Your True Beauty. Sue relates how readers can let go of the things that hide their God-given beauty and help them become visible again and to find their authenticity and to find their true purpose in this world. So I'm not going to say any more. I know you can't wait to meet her too, so I'm just going to bring right into the studio my friend and today's special guest, Sue McGray. Hello, Sue. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Oh, Kim, thank you. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. And, and you know, I don't know who might need this. I, I have no idea, but I pray that it's something that, that, that it will reach a heart of someone who needs it. Mm. I, I'm reminded of something that I think about a lot is whatever we've been given is what someone else needs. And so when I'm feeling like, who, why me? 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 I, I have nothing to give. Then I think, mm. oh, something that I have is what somebody else needs. That's, be, that's beautiful. And I'll tell you, I hope, listeners, I hope you write that down. Because right there are fighting words. 
right there are words that you can say when, when you uh, are feeling like you have nothing to give. Well, right, right there are fighting words. So you've already blessed us. So, <laughs> so you've already, you. just right there, you've already, you've already said so much right there to encourage us and equip us. But, um, but gosh, we have so many more minutes uh, to go, and I'm so excited about what God is going to do because I believe, Sue, I believe with my whole heart that women are ready to rise up. I believe that women are ready to say, I'm, I'm going to quit listening to the lies, that I'm not enough. I think women are tired of feeling invisible. And, of course, 49% of our listeners are men. So, men, this goes for you, too. You don't have to, It's for all of us who are ready to take our stand and say, my life is speeding by. I need to find my purpose. I need to figure out how to use what I've been through to share with others, like Sue, like what you just said. Well, before we get started, let's get on the personal side. So what's going on at your house this morning? Let's tell our audience where you live, who's hanging around your house. Do you have, it sounds like you have a husband. Do you have pets? What's going on there in uh, in Tennessee? Well, gratefully, the sun's shining this morning, but it's very cold. I live in Nashville, mm-hmm. Tennessee. And, you know, if we don't have sun, it doesn't bother me that much, but it bothers my husband. He has that Uh disease that if there's not sun, he has a hard time. So I'm so Mm. becoming more aware that, oh, the sun is shining today. So even though it's cold, the sun is shining. Um, I'm in a very good place, Kim. God has blessed me beyond measure. It is Mm. just unbelievable. I I really thought my life was over several years Mm. ago. I was in a big black hole that I had somehow gotten there and didn't know how to mm-hmm. get out of. And, mm-hmm. and you know, Jesus is the answer. And, and you know, yeah. we have got to become, I've got to become bolder. I've got to stand up for what I heard someone say. In fact, I've been hearing it quite often recently is you got to pick a side. you got to pick mm-hmm. a side. you got to be bolder. you got to let people mm-hmm. know. And, and I'm ashamed to say, Kim, I've not done that well. I've not been bold enough. I've been a little on the back. You know, it's like, well, if I'm with Christians, I'm, I'm good. But if I'm not, it's hard. And so my, my prayer for the new year is to be bolder and, and to let people know where I stand. Well, that's more you sure. Or... <laughs> yeah, no, no, I think I love where you're going because I believe that we're all saying yes. That's right. We all want to, to, to be bolder about, you know, speaking, speaking God's word and truth and grace, you know, and that confidence and compassion. And I love that. You know, Sue, you said something there that I believe a lot of our listeners, this is what I base a lot of my studies on when I'm writing them. You, you just hit a nucleus of truth there when you said you, were, you thought life was over. I mean, I can remember thinking that, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners are going, wait a minute, I'm I, it's too late, I'm too old, or I don't know enough, or, or I wish I had been. And, and we all want to know that, that there's a plan. We all want to know that we can still be bold. But you said it when you said, but I just didn't know how to get there. And so this show today is going to be about listeners. If, you, if you've already connected with Sue and you're saying, I don't know how to get to where I want to go. I don't, I don't know how to come out of this black hole. Why don't you just listen today? I want, you to, I want you to grab your piece of paper and pencil. I want you to write down the scriptures and the wisdom that you're going to hear from Sue because we're going to start. We're going to start right with that word, Sue, invisible, that so many, so many people relate to that. I remember feeling so invisible. And so for those today, how did you get to the place of just feeling invisible? Well, you know, I think when, when I use that word, sometimes I think people really don't believe that I didn't mm-hmm. see myself. You know, if you don't have enough self-worth to see yourself, then the reality is other people probably can't see you either. So let me take you back to the first time I consciously realized that I thought nobody could see me. I went to a high school reunion. I had just come out of a long marriage. I moved into an empty one-bedroom apartment with nothing. I was starting over, really hanging on to believing that I could, I could save my marriage because I no, don't give up. I don't give up. I, that's mm-hmm. one thing about me is I'm determined 
and I'll tell you more about how I was raised in a bit. But I got to the reunion, and I stepped to the door, and, and I don't know if our audience feels this, but if, if you especially, if and maybe if you're single and you've never had someone, you still feel this way, but however bad a relationship you're in, you still have that covering of a man beside you. It's, it's I think, the way God made us, that we need that covering. And I entered the front the door where everybody was there looking at me, I guess, I, and I consciously thought they can't see me. They can't mm-hmm. see me. And, and, and I had to take that home with me and unpack it a bit. And why could they not see me? And, and what I realized is I could not see myself. I was not of value enough. Mm-hmm. I was shy in high school. Nobody knew who I was. I, I, I was um, insecure. I think I was more insecure than shy. Uh, I mm-hmm. was not a vocal. I was not a cheerleader. I was not popular and all of those things. And, and so uh, being back at that high school reunion, these are people that are somebody. These are cheerleaders and football players, and, and, and I'm a nothing. Mm-hmm. And so I had to really come to grips with I am invisible. I, I can't, I don't believe that I have enough worth in myself, self-worth, to be mm-hmm. worthy to anybody. And, and that's one of the emotional downsides of, of, a, of an abusive relationship is that you're put down so much. Mm-hmm. You're conditioned. There's so many earmarks of being abused. Part of it is physical. But, you know, Kim, I heard one time, and I'm going on a cha- rabbit chase, and I'll slow down here. No. But I, no, I heard good. one time that if you're in an emotional, verbal, started for me verbal, mm-hmm. a verbal relationship, if the audience, if the listeners could see my hands, I'm just going to tell it was my hand. <laughs> but it, it started with a verbal, and I dismissed it. My mom would say, my mom would say to me, and she, she didn't really understand a lot of what we understand today about abuse, but she said, honey, why does he talk to you like that? And so mm-hmm. I, I dismissed it. And then came the emotional abuse. And then you're, you're mm-hmm. pulled away from family and friends and and money, resources, you're, you, you are put down to the point of, of course you're nobody. Nobody would want you, of course not, because you've been told that. And so there's mm-hmm. so much emotional part of abuse that doesn't show up with a black eye. And right. it's much harder to work through that. Mm. Wow. I think that you're um, connecting with a lot of people right now, Sue. So, so you go in... And and all this happens. Would you say that that was was that the turning point for you, or, or it, how did you what what happened after that? Well, I was in the apartment by myself, and and I was so exhausted that I slept. I would go to work. I had my own business, and I'd go to work to the office for half a day, and I'd go home and go to sleep. And I did this for a year, one year before I was able to get up slap my face a little bit and say, get with it. You know, I could pay my bills. I I was rocking along, but I was emotionally exhausted. And Mm -hmm. so um, uh, that that was the first time I felt, I was conscious enough that I felt like they could not see me. Mm -hmm. And why could they not see me? Because I couldn't see myself. That was how little I felt. So I guess it was a turning it was a turning point for me because uh-huh. I was still hanging on to that to that relationship. Yes. So 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 what happened then? I mean, were were you a believer at that point? Okay, here we go. <laughs> Let me tell you a little bit about how I was raised and and uh, my dad was a pastor. I was raised mm-hmm. in a very conservative home and I, I became, as a child, the best I knew to become a Christian. I was baptized in the creek. I, w- I did everything that I thought I was supposed to do. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know how old I was. I don't have a date on this, but I knew it's something I had to do because of my family, of where I was. It was just what we did. But it wasn't until God took me all the way down, all the way to the bottom, that I totally mm-hmm. surrendered. I totally mm-hmm. surrendered. I went after on a Wednesday night. I, 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 after service, I went to... Um, our associate pastor's office who he I'd been going to counseling with him and mm-hmm. and I felt safe with him mm-hmm. and it was there that I totally surrendered and you know when I left there I started seeing things differently I started thinking differently um, it became alive to me explain See, that Explain that for a minute. When you said I started seeing and thinking differently, let, well, unpack that a little yeah. bit for our listeners. Okay, okay. Um, at the time, there was a, a Billy Graham was doing a crusade locally, and so I went to that. I was really tuned into his his uh, crusades and his speaking, and it was like I heard that for the first time. I really, Mm -hmm. I'd been hearing it, but I really Mm -hmm. didn't hear it. My heart was open. And and so my desires that I'd wanted before just went away. My my thoughts, my people that I wanted to hang around with, it changed. I I remember a time I would think, and myself, because you would never admit this, well, if I can sneak in just before the preaching starts at church, you know, I don't have to put up with all that time wasted with all that other stuff. And, you know, mm-hmm. I'll be counted as being there. I can mark it off. You know, you don't yeah. really admit that. But but that was kind of where I was. But, you know, I'm just going to lay this out here. I believe that I thought I could be a grandchild of God because oh, yeah. my daddy had the answers. My daddy mm-hmm. was an uneducated preacher. But one of the mm-hmm. reasons that I know there's a God is because my daddy had no way of doing what he did. The Holy mm. Spirit taught him. He preached wow. some profound, and my mom and dad are both gone now, but he mm. preached with, 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 with power. And, and he, how, mm. how did he understand the scripture? How did he, under, mm. he had no way of understanding that, of what God put in his heart to preach. And he would just, preach and preach and so I would think you know well, I really need to get my act together but daddy knows the answer I, I, I don't have to worry about that I don't have to read that because daddy knows and so I All tried right. to be a grandchild of God instead of child of God and you know what Kim God doesn't have any grandchildren you know yep. it's, it's you're right. either a child or you're not and mm-hmm. I had because I'm, I'm, an, I'm kind of like I said I'm stubborn and I'm independent I'm, I have a thought process that I can do it I think because I had to fight my way through so much that I believed Mm -hmm. that that I could figure this stuff out Mm -hmm. but I had to totally surrender and I did that when it was at the bottom of where I Mm -hmm. was and even though I wasn't able to save my marriage so much more was gained so much more was gained absolutely let me let me just ask you in the midst before we uh, move on this. There's a question I need to ask you, and that's powerful. I mean, I think about what you just said. I believe that there's so many people who go to church. I was one of them. That's why I can say it. You know, you, you feel like you you go, you do, you check off all the boxes, and you're supposed to feel like that you belong. You're supposed to feel visible. It's like, okay, wait a minute. If I go to church and if I'm memorizing scripture, if I'm doing kind deeds, if I'm doing all this, well, then shouldn't I be okay? And I hear that all the time. I hear people say, but he's a good person, but good never got us into heaven. It's God, mm-hmm. it's Jesus. And I think mm-hmm. that that's, you know, so your, your dad was a pastor. You know, you were there and probably every time the doors were open. And oh, so it's not absolutely. about going into a building. And I actually accepted Christ in my home when I was a little girl by myself. So, you know, that this is a good point right now for listeners just to know that right now at any time, you know, all you have to do is call upon the Lord. All you have to do is just is turn to him and, and, and just you know, go through the 
the uh, I call the ABC, admit that you need him, believe that he is God, and confess him as your Savior. You know, becoming a child of God is so much easier than what we think, but it's a faith walk. We have to we have to you know, believe in faith that, that we have made that commitment. And, and let me just tell you, listeners, if there's anybody out there and you're thinking, oh, my gosh, I've been in church all my life, and I don't think I know that I know that I know that I'm a believer, please reach out to either one of us after the show. We would be glad to, to go through that with you. Actually, it would be an honor to go through that with you. Right, Sue? Absolutely. 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 The, 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 the peace. It's about peace. You know, I found that peace and that joy in the midst of the most horrific storm of my life. Mm -hmm. I found that peace. Absolutely. And, you know, what I love, uh, I love everything you said, but another thing that I love, another principle that you said, you said you had to hit rock bottom. You know, a lot of times people will think, well, God is just going to zap me and he's going to do this. And he's just, you know, he doesn't do that. What he does is he allows us to go wherever we need to go to where we can get to the place of where we're willing to open our eyes to him. Right. He's not punishing us. He's providing a path for us to see him. So, friends, don't think for a minute that God is just going to zap you and and do horrible things. What God is doing, he's allowing you to walk your own path to where you get to the place to where you will see him. You know, not only do we seem invisible, but we make God invisible. We, we refuse to see him. And today God doesn't want to be invisible either. He wants to be visible in your life. He wants to be active and alive in your life. He wants to direct you. He wants to guide you. He wants to comfort you. And like Sue said, he wants to give you the peace that you know so while we feel invisible let's let's allow god to become visible in in all of our lives today because that's really what we all need to see don't you agree sue well well i do and 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 right now especially with so much going on we're bombarded Mm -hmm. with all this stuff i just think we have to make a conscious decision that we monitor what goes in there into our mind and into our heart because, you know, I can, I can read two or three bad things. And next thing I know, I'm going down. I can see myself going down, down, down. And pretty soon, you know, I'm in a, I'm in a awful place. And, and, and just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that you don't experience those things. We have to monitor those things. And and if we have time, I'll share some things that, that I've found that, things that help got out of that, but I don't want to go on that chase yet. But but just making a conscious decision, being around Christ followers, being around, and, and that doesn't mean we can't have unbelievers as friends because we can be an influence to them sometimes. And, and sometimes yeah. we have to really monitor that. But make a conscious yeah. effort. What comes out of your mouth? Are you saying negative things? You know, gang, mm. if it's not positive, it's not good, it's, it's bad, yeah. probably. It's negative mm-hmm. if, if it's not mm-hmm. positive. So be careful what you put into that mind of yours. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, news, oh, my goodness, don't even turn on. Don't go mm-hmm. there. Be really careful. You have to have that that God has to direct us on what's right and what's wrong because sometimes we get all fuzzy about all of that. So just be careful. That, that you don't let your mind go and you get depressed because you're not good for other people when that happens. Mm. And, you're and, I love, and I love what you're saying there because that kind of goes right along with, you know that because you've had to battle that from your past. You ha- and, I, and, and I as well. You had to battle the negative that had been put into your brain and you've been working to clear that, that mind up, to have the mind of Christ. And so we now, we have to guard Guard our heart, guard our mind so that we don't go back down to where we once were, right? The Bible says not to return to where we were. And so that is our daily battle to to monitor what is going into us. So I have, um, what I'm going to do is, audience, I'm going to open the, the lines up today. Um, if you have, if you'd like to call in, I know many of you are just probably just wanting to take notes and hear Sue. But I am going to open open them up um, for for the last half of, the, of our show. So if you have a question, the 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 topic that we're talking about, feeling invisible, 
Or if you would like to talk to Sue about maybe uh, signs of someone that you could uh, be able to um, see or dealing with some type of abuse. If you have a question that's based entirely and just totally on our subject today, I'm guarding our time here, I would love to hear from you. I'd love to have your question. If you're in a situation that you need to know how to uh, exit from, please call us, and you can call us confidentially. We will not ask your name, but the number is 347-324-5246. Again, the number is 347-324-5246. You must press 1 to come into our virtual waiting room, and then our director will allow me to know that you're there, and then then I will bring you on air to ask your question. And this will be after our uh, midtime, so we've got about five minutes before we go there. And before we go there, Sue, I want to ask you this question that I'm sure a lot of people are thinking. It, you know, it says we know that according to your book, by the way, people, she's written a book called Becoming Visible, Letting Go of the Things That Hide your true beauty, and we want to get into the beauty side and, and all of that that you do. There's so much here, but still, I want to ask you: you were in you were in an emotional, physical, abusive marriage for 30 years. You had no self worth, no confidence. These are your words. You lost all of you. Okay, I'm sure there are a lot of people in a situation like that that are listening. Men, women, um, teens that are dating people that are abusing them. Here's the question, Sue: Why did you stay for 30 years? What mm-hmm. kept you there? Good. Oh, that's that's ripe for the ripe for the picking. You know, mm-hmm. we we all get life commands, and mm-hmm. my command my life command from my parents was, "You do not divorce. You do not." Mm-hmm. My dad, as a pastor, would not even marry any of us because he didn't. Uh, he was uh, <laughs> divorce yeah. was you don't do that. And my, I remember, you know, you hear these words over and over. My mom would say, "You make your bed, you lay in it. You make mm-hmm. your bed." And and I did not want, I did not want to hurt my parents. And I thought, if I can just hang on till they're gone, I don't want to hurt my parents. So they didn't know, they didn't mm-hmm. know what was going on. I knew it would kill them because it's supposed to be wrapped up in a pretty little package. And you know, everybody, yeah. no, you know, nobody in the family. You hear those things. So I had that last command that you do not divorce. And then I had this belief that that I couldn't leave because of my children. Um, well, this question goes, you could write a book on this. But, yes. but my children, I come to realize, I, I came to realize that, that my children would, were better off from a healthy Divorced family mm-hmm. than a sick together affair. I stayed there. My son had bought his own house and moved out. He was twenty. He did that by then. My son, my daughter was in college, so um, I, I didn't leave. I stayed, mm-hmm. and I took. I mean, I, I took just, and I tried to. My, my daughter knew more than my son because more happened toward the end. It becomes it wrap it becomes more frequent and and then the physical starts after you've had the emotional because you're beaten down you just think you deserve it. Yeah. So I remember the day that that he chased me tried to he said he was going to kill me and and I ran and God told me the night before in a somewhat of a dream state if you have to go this is the way you go mm-hmm. and that morning. I was having cereal. I was going on a business trip. I had to be in the same room with him if he was up. I couldn't be in another room. I was having my cereal in the same room he was in. I was having cereal, and he out of the blue said, I ought to kill you. And I'd been going to codependency group. I had. I went to group, ladies. I went to men. I went to group. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. I admit it. And, and it was a codependency group. And so I learned there some things. I learned what was not acceptable. And so I stood up and I said, that's not acceptable. And mm-hmm. I knew then that I was in trouble. So mm-hmm. I went to the kitchen. He followed me to the kitchen and he said it again. Because I was packed and the car was packed and my purse was at the door, I ran. 
he ran after me. I went the way God told me to go, and I came to a red light. And I looked up and saw a policeman, and I started blowing my horn immediately. There was, I don't know how many cars. I mean, you know, you don't have good memory after a while. You think it was probably a dozen, but there were several police cars all around me. Police people were everywhere, all over me. And then here he comes, trying to get into my car. And they were there. And so he takes the policeman back, and he said, you tried to run over me. Well, you know, if you're backing out of a driveway and somebody stands in behind you, you know, you're backing out of the driveway. So they didn't believe I was trying to run over him. Anyway, Mm -hmm. I convinced them that I would be fine. And they left, except one lady policewoman. After they left, she kneeled down beside my car and she pointed her finger in my face. And she said, Mm -hmm. lady, let me tell you how it is. She said, if you don't go downtown right now and get an order of protection, when you come back in three days, it will be too late. If you don't do it right now, it will be too late. I had not intended to tell this story, but I did. I took a friend with me, um, went to my business trip, came back, and dropped off the late girl that went with me, called the shelter because I didn't know what to do because I'd never been anywhere. He didn't know where I was at. So I called mm-hmm. the shelter, and I said, I'm in trouble and they said, we don't have any room. We don't have any beds. But but the kind lady on the other end said, do you have access to any money? Do you have a credit card? Do you have something? And I thought, I do have something he doesn't know about. I have a credit card. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know I do because he had taken everything away from me. I had no means, And but that's part of it. That's part of the control. See, that's what it's all about. It's power and control. Mm-hmm. It's all about mm-hmm. controlling you. So um, I never went back home. I went to a church the next day to a different church that I made a commitment to myself that I was going to go to. I went, and this couple came up to me and could tell there's something wasn't right. They took me home with them to their apartment. They had two teenage daughters. They gave me one of their rooms, and I stayed there until I got a little stronger. Because, you see, I'd moved out before. I'd paid all the utility phone uh, advance payment on an apartment and and ended up going back. So I didn't want to ever do that again. So I stayed there until I could get my bearings. So I left there and went to my daughter's place. She was in college. I don't know. I think she was a freshman. But she had her sophomore. She had her little apartment or something with another girl and I got to her door and she knew I was coming and she didn't leave the light on for me. And I thought, there's a message here, you know, this ain't going to work. So that afternoon I got out and started looking for a place to go. Um, Mm -hmm. It was, it was very unsettling for a long time because I was afraid. I learned Mm -hmm. to be afraid. I wasn't afraid in the beginning that he really would hurt me, but I started to educate myself on things. And, and, you know, about three women every day are murdered by their boyfriend mm-hmm. or their husband every day in the U.S. Every day people are mm-hmm. murdered. And so um, we have to wake up. And I never advocate divorce. I never, ever, ever give anybody advice on doing anything. You see, I believe for me I had to give it everything I had. I had to give it everything and then when the, um made the move, I had total peace. In mm-hmm. that one-bedroom apartment, I had a papasan chair. Police went with me to get some clothes, and they said, we're not supposed to do this, but go in there and get you some clothes. And and mm-hmm. so, you know, and my children started to, to bring me things and, and build that little one-bedroom apartment to, to survive. But God gave me so much peace. It was sometimes like I was just floating on a cloud, I was so mm-hmm. at peace, but I was still, I needed time to heal. So that was kind of my refuge, my place where other people couldn't come to. My kids mm-hmm. could come, but, but I was there for, to heal. And so, yeah, so I think I went way more than you wanted there. No, you did exactly what we, we needed. And uh, audience members, someone, any of you, 
needed to hear this today. Someone is in trouble. Someone is um, being abused and no one knows. Someone feels invisible and you are feeling frightened, not only for yourself, but maybe even for your children. I know what this feels like from a child's standpoint. I want you to know that there is help. And there is a path to healing, but you must know what to do. I'm going to give to you right now a hotline that you can call, that you can call, and you don't even have to give your name. You can reach out for help. It's 1-800-799-SAFE, 7233. 1-800-799-7233. We're going to take a 30-second break. We'll be right back. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Well, welcome back to Coffee. Coffee, conversations of friends of faith to encourage and equip. Everything that my ministry is about that started many years ago, which is called Roses and Rainbows, is about creating places that are safe so that we can communicate and grow in Christ, so that we can uncover the hurts of our hearts. I came to the point in my life, friends, that I just needed to release into the hearts of someone else, my hurts and my pains, hoping that they could help me. And they did by presenting me the truths that they had learned from the Bible. And that's what I want this ministry, this radio, the TV shows that I do to always be a safe place. If you remember, you heard our guest today, Sue McGray, which is incredible. You're going to want to probably bring her to you're probably going to connect with her for sure. But you, if you remember, and I've been writing down these key words that she's talked about, she talked about she had to feel safe. She had gotten exhausted, and she had to go to a safe place. And in that safe place is where surrender, surrendering to who she was in Christ came. And so today, we would never, I would never advocate uh, separating, divorce, just like Sue said. But I do advocate finding a place of safety, separating yourself from anything that's hurting you or threatening you, to move away from it so that you can become visible again in Christ and you can know who you are. I was a child in the midst of a home where there was lots of domestic violence. My father and my mother were great, great people. You can have good people who the enemy is, is, is just brought them down to a place to where they're not even being who God wants them to be. Thank God we all, we're all like that. None of us are, are where we want to be in, in Christ. But if you're in the process, if you're in the place of where there's such dysfunction that you're not feeling safe, for the behalf of yourself and those around you, please seek safety today. Because there is so much more to the rest of your story. And that's what we want to get to today. Because this lady that you have heard this incredible story from that felt so offended, she was so abused, and it seems like almost every way possible, but yet, and even as a pastor's child and and doing all the right things, there was a journey for her to take. I want you to know that this lady that you've heard the backstory to now is one of the most successful businesswomen in the Mary Kay industry. Out of millions of people who are in this business, she has reached a level that very few ever reach. She is an author. She is a speaker. She travels. She's on radio and TV. Sue, tell us, how did this process begin? How did you get to where you are. And I know that's a long, long story, but let's go through some simple steps that our audience can begin to take today because, girl, you have rocked it. You are, you are <laughs> up there. You're being honored by the business world by, by being who you are. And that's what, you know, and I say that, 
yes, to applaud you, but more than anything, to give glory to God, that he can take someone that was as broken as what you've just told us you are and put you before thousands to speak um, uh, hope and and, uh, healing into their lives. So let's start, and I also want to remind you, uh, ladies and men, if you have a question, you can call 347-324-324. 5246, press 1 if you'd like to ask a question. But, Sue, how did this begin? What Bible scriptures? What mindset? It, <laughs> let's, let's, let's pretend there's somebody out there that needs a few first steps. How, how do they start? And, and, and I will cover that, but very quickly, I want to just say yeah. I didn't. You asked me a question a while ago, why didn't I leave? Let me just say one key thing. There's a lot of oh. reasons. But one key thing is I stayed for my children I left for my children because I realized that my daughter would think it's okay to be treated this way and my son could treat his spouse this way and it would be okay. And so I left later because of my children. So, okay, let me go to what you just asked me. My personal faith started me out of my hole. It was that personal faith that that started it when I totally surrendered. Um, just some key points here is I had to. It's gradual. It's a, it's a daily thing, but little things, little successes build up to bigger things. So I had to learn to value myself. You know, mm. I had to do things even though I was scared to death. Mm. I was scared, and I still yeah. am. You know, you outgrow one scared place and you go into the next scared place. <laughs> yeah. um, but I learned to start the process of empowering myself. I no longer gave the power to somebody else. You mm-hmm. know, someone asked me, you know, can, when I was still there in that other place, um, what if you left? Can you Can you make it financially? I was blessed that I could pay my bills. It wasn't a lot of effort. But I could support myself. And I think a lot of women stay because of that financial thing. They can't Mm -hmm. pay their bills. They can't support themselves. And so, but but I did learn how to to empower myself. Um, I I told you all ago I went to a codependency group, and I learned some things. Um, I learned um, that... That, that I didn't have to do those things that I'd been so conditioned to. A little interesting side thing, I went to co- uh, to codependency group, and I looked around after I started to heal, and I realized some of these people had been there a long time. And I thought, mm-hmm. i got to get out of here because I'm going to become dependent on them now. You know, because wow. we think yeah. of codependency as being a, a drug, you know, an alcoholism or but mine was more of a control of of that power and control and and uh, not having a voice. So somebody gave me a book. Let me just touch on this on the codependency. Mm-hmm. Somebody gave me a book when I was in the midst of this. I was so unhealthy, and and uh, it, it's Melanie Beatty's book, Codependence mm-hmm. No More. Codependent No More. And I realized yeah. for the first time that it had a name. You know, if you have a disease and you have the doctor, you know, even if you think you can't be cured, you want to know the name of it. And so once right. I knew the name of what I had, then I could take So that's a big part of, I guess I hadn't really thought through this part, but this is a big part of how I recovered is I realized it had a name, what a codependent looks like, how how do you, what do you do about it? Um mm-hmm. Uh, I changed the way I thought. I, I had been programmed. I'd been programmed to be humble. I'm going to just tell you right out. My parents mm-hmm. taught me, don't think too much of yourself. Mm-hmm. And and so a lot of the things that I was taught from well-meaning parents fed into mm-hmm. the power and control of where I went with the, the marriage. And so mm-hmm. um, I had to change. But I was exposed to some people who taught me a different way to think. I changed the way I talked. Instead of saying, I don't have, or I wish I did, I learned how to change that. Um, A book that helped me a lot. It's not a Christian book, but it's by Shed Hemstetter, What to Say When You Talk to Yourself. And so Mm. I learned how to talk to myself in a different way. Um, 
Love that. That's important. That's Um, so important. Yeah, because I tell women all the time, and men when I speak to men, it's like, you know, we say things to ourselves that we would never say to anyone else. Oh, you would have a friend in the world if if you said those things to other people. Absolutely. 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 I love that. And the Bible tells us that we are to to uh take those things um to um to not be conformed but by be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And that's what you're talking about. Um is to transform our thinking and our thinking and what we say to one another. That's that's Romans twelve too. Do not be conformed mm-hmm. to this world, but be renewed by uh, mm-hmm. by the uh, mm-hmm. renewing of your mind. Yep. Mm-hmm. Another, I've got two more that I just want to cover is, is that, that yes. I compared myself to other people. And I think as women, this is one of the things that Satan uses against us. And he uses a lot of stuff against us. Our thoughts is one. But comparing ourselves, you know, I'm never going to yes. measure up to you, Kim. I'm never. I'm going to take my worst qualities and I'm going to put them upside of your best qualities. Yeah. I'm never going to win if I compare right. myself to you. I can't do what or, you do. Or, or if I compare but, myself to you, right? But but God gives us our own set of things, right. and they're different in different ways. So yeah. comparison game is so, so, so critical, to, and especially to women. Men, listen yeah. to this. Women, comp- we compare our hair color. I mean, we compare yeah. everything, and we don't back up. And then the the last key point I think that just came to mind is is don't complain about what you permit. You know, I've permitted people to mm-hmm. walk all over me, and so if I'm going to permit it, then don't complain about it. Don't talk about it. You know, Kim, mm-hmm. we treat we we uh, people treat us the way they do because we've kind of allowed them to treat us that way. Yeah. You know, we we get treated the way we've trained them to treat us. You know, if, if right. a parent's children at six years old are calling them names and kicking them, they probably didn't get any discipline when they were two. And and so mm-hmm. we train them to treat us badly without even realizing it. Yeah. Absolutely. And I want to put a scripture to one of the things you were talking about before, because I think this is so important. The first scripture we talked about was Romans 12, 1 and 2, about uh, renewing our mind that Sue had talked about. The second scripture to put on the incredible principle that Sue talked to us about, about not comparing ourselves is Galatians um, 6, 4 through 6. Galatians 6, 4 through 6. And then this other that you just talked about. So this is something that I used to, I, I had to learn, and then I used, and I would just, I just kept washing it through my boy's mind, is that what you said is so true. We teach people how to treat us. If we mm-hmm. are going to, and mm-hmm. I, I love how you put it. What did you say? Don't complain about what we, what, how did you say that? Don't, don't complain that about what we permit. If we yeah. permit it, then don't complain about it. Yeah. Yes. Because okay, we permit so, it. Okay, so let me just ask you this for our listeners. How do we not permit it? Let's say someone's saying, I don't like what's going on. What, what is the first thing that they do? You know, we have choices. And, and sometimes we feel used and abused by people. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I can remember a, a point of time when somebody came to my door, this was years ago, and her intent was just to hang out all day. And, mm-hmm. and she didn't realize that that, that I had things to do, and and before right. I just let her come in and destroy my day, and then I just complain about it for a week. I didn't get <laughs> anything done because, and you know yep. what? I had to decide. I had to make a choice, mm-hmm. and I had to meet her at the door, and I probably hugged her because I'm a big hugger. But you can imagine <laughs> what this pandemic does to people like me who love to hug. And and I said, I'm so glad to see you. Hey, little Tommy. It's, oh, he's growing so much. I'm so glad. And you know, it, you're so dear to me, but you know what? I'm going to have to run. Yeah. And I learned mm-hmm. to let people know that I had appointments. And sometimes my daughter was like in grade school, and I had to learn that my appointment to take her to McDonald's was important 
yeah. or whatever it was, if I told somebody that I was taking her to McDonald's, I don't have to tell someone what I'm doing. I just say right. I, I'm tied up. I've got an appointment. And that's how right. you, you have to take control of, of and not complain. But if, you, if I let this woman come in and spend the day with me and I got mm-hmm. nothing done, then, then I'm giving power to her that it's her agenda, not mine. And I'm kind, and I'm Southern, so I'm supposed to have <laughs> hospitality, and I do overboard with that. Uh-huh. That's who I am. I'll fix your meal mm-hmm. in a heartbeat. I'm going to feed everybody. <laughs> but, but I had to realize if I'm gonna if I'm gonna run a business here, I'm gonna have to get a little change some things. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing changes until we change something. And so, there you go. Yeah. And I love that. And it's, it's really, it comes back to when you start realizing that your life matters and what you have uh-huh, to do is uh-huh. important. Uh-huh. And that to get that done, you have to stay in and, your lane and be willing to take your stand. Mm-hmm. And even if it's my plan was to take a bath, then I don't have to tell you that I'm taking a bath and reading a book. Right. Right. It's just that I'm tied up. I'm sorry I have right. other plans I've already made. So yes. I think that gives us, um, it makes us feel like we have some control over our lives. Because some of us who were, you know, we love people and, and I love people. Uh, it's hard on us to do those things. But, but yeah. there comes a time you have to make a decision to do it. Well, that's right, because if you don't, then you grow in bitterness and frustration, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. more importantly, it really is a way that the enemy can come in and rob, kill, and steal what you were supposed to be doing that day. We can't be pushovers. You know, we have to move around um, in compassion, like you said, but but being willing to say, you know what, Sue, i got to tell you, I remember when I was in high school, there was this, I would say yes to everything. I didn't know. It's like I, I didn't know. And there was this one guy that kept asking me out, and I kept saying, I, and I was telling my friends, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I just, you know, I liked him, but I didn't want to go out with him. And I remember <laughs> this one lady, I don't know why I'm thinking about this, this one girl said, well, just tell him you're busy. You have plans. And I said, but I don't have plans. All I want to do is just stay home and watch TV and wash my hair. And she goes, well, that's the plan to me. I could I could honestly say that I have plans if I'm just gonna plan to watch TV. She said that's the plan, and and that's becoming healthy. That's what healthy looks like. Yes, it is. It's that was that time, and you know I think of um, the scripture, and I can't remember where it is. Let me see if I can find it. But the Bible tells us above all else to guard our heart. You know we can guard our heart. And and our life, Proverbs four twenty three. You know, we're to, our heart is the center of who we are and what we're to be doing while we're living on this earth. We have to guard that. God gives us that permission. He tells us guard our heart. Well, friend, you have gone a long way in helping us do what you say your mission is, and that is mine as well. Your mission is to um, help others know who they are in Christ and how to live the life that Christ has called them to live. You have um, succeeded far beyond probably anything that you ever thought that you could on the face of this earth, and that is uh, really your mission to help everyone live beyond Ephesians 3.20. Glory be to God who by his power within us can do beyond anything that we could ever imagine. The powerful mm-hmm. scripture, isn't it? And, and Kim, just let me insert this very quickly here, is that, that maybe a listener doesn't have any of these problems. Her marriage, her relationships are all wonderful. She's healthy, emotionally healthy. But what I want to lay out here is you may have a neighbor. You may yeah. have a daughter, granddaughter. You might have a friend that, that's mm-hmm. in trouble. So be aware that, mm-hmm. that one in four women are, are in are in or have been in an abusive situation. So just if it's not you, be open enough to 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 listen. You can't cure anything, but you might give her that phone number that you got from Kim while ago. Send her to a website about red flags about domestic violence. Listen, be aware. That's what we're put here on earth about is to be light for somebody else. 
And don't be surprised. Don't categorize someone. Don't just say, well, that's a really strong businesswoman right there. I know she's okay. Or, or there's, that's a pastor's child. We know she's okay. Or that's the pastor. We know they're okay. It, it's in all of us. There, the possibilities of being so hurt on the inside resides in all of us. And for mm-hmm. most people who are living like that, all they want is for someone to see they're hurt so that they're not mm-hmm. invisible. Sue, mm-hmm. it has been such an honor to have you on this show. I believe that your words have unlocked so many possibilities in the hearts and the lives of so many people. Would you please um, end our show? We've got a couple minutes left, but would you? Uh, I'd like for you to tell our audience how they might reach you, how they can um, uh, get your book, and um, how, yeah, how they yes. could just reach you. Thank you. Thank you. One one thought is that we don't battle with flesh and blood, but with mm-hmm. evil and principalities. You know, when, when we see people doing things, it's Satan working in them. So right. so realizing that, that it's not flesh and blood in most cases. Well, the Bible says that. So That's uh, right. yes, you can get my book. You can order it on Amazon or you can get it from SusieMcGray.com from my website. If you order it from my website, uh, it will be shipped out very soon, and um, I'll even pay your shipping. Um, oh. I will auto I will autograph it if you'd like. I will sign it. For oh yeah. So it's Susie S U E Z S U E Z as in zebra S U E Z McGray dot com. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. You can send me a private message through Facebook if you'd like, or send me a message through my website. That's wonderful. In other words, friends, she is available. She does speaking events. What's our world? I did my first live event this last weekend, and we, of course, we were all in masks and we're all, you know, so careful. But boy, what a treat to actually see people's <laughs> eyes and see the hope and see everything. Yes, it's so yes, wonderful. Yes. Uh, yes. So we can't wait for this to open up again, and it will. It's going to open up. It will get back it to will. things. Absolutely. And Kim, I also do women's conferences and and, uh, business events and things like that when we're able to do that. Absolutely, because you have all of that, um, all that wisdom in you and and how you fought back. And, and, you know, listeners, what I want you to see is that no matter what you've been through, God has has been growing you through that. You just don't even understand the value, the lessons that you have learned as you have been going through this. Ephesians 4.14 and 15 tell us that we can grow through everything that we're going through. So everything, the lessons you've learned that has just brought you into more value. And, um, and, and so let's, let's, let's take our stand. Let's, let's do whatever needs to be done to do what Sue was talking about at the beginning of the show, to be bold, to be able to take our stand so that others can find their way as well. For each and every one of us who take our stand, there are going to be people around us who will follow us and will find that boldness. And here's the thing. As long as it's all grounded in Christ, as long as we're standing on the solid foundation that he provided for us, we don't have to worry about what's going on around us because we're going to have that peace that Sue talked about within us. And that, my friends, is an eternal, unspeakable joy that comes from Christ himself. Well, friends, Sue, thank you so much again for joining us. I hope that we can do a follow-up sometimes. It's been a pleasure having you. Go enjoy that sunshine in Nashville, Tennessee. And thank you again, friends, so much for thank joining you, me. Thank you, Kim. Thank you so Absolutely. much for having me. Absolutely. Have a fabulous day. Well, you too. And friends who joined us this morning or who will be joining us in podcasts later, I pray that you will take these verses and that you will open up the word. You know, the scriptures are alive and they are active and they go to work. The Bible tells us that when we open up his word, that that word goes to work in our lives and it will accomplish what God means for it to do. God wants to encourage you today and he wants to equip you. He wants you to know that you are of value and he wants you to know that he sees you today. And I believe that he's asking each of us to see him. Thank you so much again for joining us.
I'll see you next time on Coffee with Kim. Goodbye, everybody. To learn more about Kim's books, teaching materials, or to invite Kim to speak at your event, please visit KimCrable.com. Thank you for joining us today. And remember, to learn more, please visit KimCrable.com.